she's at it again Mad at the pen, glad that we win A tad fat in a bad hat for men Grind the cinnamon, Manhattan warmongers You can find the villain in satin Gongas, the van screeches The old man preaches about the gold sand beaches The cold hand reaches for the old tan Elises Good morning, this is the show, formerly known as Expat, and uh, I have a PSA. If you uh, pay tax, um, then you have some you have some that you could give to Tilos. So this is a tax from Tilos. Your 1% of tax uh, could support shows like this one and even better ones, because <laughs> there are significantly better shows on this radio. Uh, yeah, that's all for the PSA until May 22nd. May 22, all the way Sazalik, Nafalechitek. And uh, yeah, back to our usual programming. Uh, my guest today is uh, former American football uh, <laughs> hunk. Um, hunk, I love it. Semi, semi Cypriot, semi Hungarian uh, Abba. So yeah, I cheated a little bit because usually we have like. Let's say it's a, pure, it's a semi-expat show. Purebred foreigners uh, coming <laughs> on, but you know we've seen. You know, Esteban has been on the show a few times, and he has a Hungarian passport, despite his Mexican heritage. They gave right. him one, so it's 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 fine. Also, it's you know, it's uh, it's our show. It's fine. It's flexible. Listen, we'll make it work. I, I didn't I didn't grow up here, so just uh, yeah, it's, uh, I got I got some opinions, <laughs> and uh, that's good. From, you have an outsider's perspective. View. Yeah, exactly. So where did you grow up, Abel? Uh, whew, I was born in Cyprus, um, which is, for those who don't know, but I think that a lot of Hungarians know, uh, is, is a tiny, well, I, I call it tiny, but it's a small island in the Mediterranean. It's so. an EU island. Oh, yes. EU, fully certified. Um, but yeah, no, I grew up in, I was born and raised in Cyprus. Um, yeah, it was great. It's like a little, didn't understand, only feel it now when I'm much older, um, how great of a childhood it was. It was safe. Great weather, great food, close to the sea. Um, but yeah, it was uh, Cyprus of all places. I'd never, yeah, looking back at it. But it's, uh, it's an island divided, no? Oh, yes. Yes, very divided. Even more so now, uh, along even more lines than when I was growing up. It's, uh, but yeah, the main division, of course, it's that you have the occupation in the north and you have the, I mean, the republic, the officially recognized Republic of Cyprus in the south. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, a diff it's a very long situation. It's what's been 1974 when the invasion happened. So it's been a while. Was that something that you were like made like acutely is it like a background radiation thing? Is it, oh, yeah. is it something like growing up in like, I don't know, like Belfast type yeah. of... Well, I run, uh, it's funny you say Belfast. One of my best friends is from Belfast. And uh, I went to Belfast for the first time last year. And um, <laughs> it's very similar in, in, in many ways. But yeah, you definitely grow up from... Yeah, you, I don't even remember the first time I, or I wasn't aware of it so you absolutely grow up knowing the divide you know um, from early age you get told what happened how it happened you know there's uh, the military there's a green line the UN forces uh, the green line where you have to take care and uh, if you're a man you have to do the military service compulsory military service which I did as well so you know throughout your childhood you know in school within family and in a way 
to sort of the end point, end game after school, which is you joining the military. You got You know, it's all there. It's always there. When you go downtown as well, you you walk in the uh, central Nicosia, for instance, where I grew up, and you hit like the border, right? So it's always there. So it's not something you can miss. Um, but I, I have to say here, like, I think. I was raised pretty well in terms of the fact that it wasn't the key focus. There's families, and I know who were like, how do I say, like the whole family motto or uh, vibe, or whatever you want to call it, revolves around you know that situation. And I think my family, I, I think here my Hungarian mother helped a lot. Um, that she sort of didn't make it a key focus. Mm. But is it is the take on this situation? sort of fatalistic is it because okay you go into the military and then when you go into the military what they train you for what exactly that this is going <laughs> to be the situation forever and you always need right. to be on standby or like one day this is all gonna come toe to toe like you know like if if, if someone were because yeah. cyprus is you know mostly known in the rest of the years like a tourist destination right yes. there's this yes paradise type of deal and then for people who actually habitually live there yeah it's this uh well we're actually kind of like an island that but well, not at war but there's like an armed conflict waiting to happen maybe because people are like young men enter the military and they're being told like prepare yourselves because no uh in, in in all honesty there's there's no such thing i mean they try to push it it's like the official propaganda um you know hey we're in a state of war because Technically, yes, Cyprus is in a state of war, um, but uh, no, nobody goes there. When you're a boy of 18, 19, you don't go in there with that thought. Um, it, it's more about, yeah, I, I, had, I think there's some good captains in there and good military personnel who sort of teach you the purpose of, of the military. We're a defensive army. That's what, they, that's what I was sort of taught. We're a defensive army and we're not here to provoke or do something proactive. I mean... But the, the fatalistic what, what, what element, military in the world. The, sorry, just the, on the point of the fatalistic, it's quite funny because that's no. Mediterraneans are definitely not fatalistic. They are w absurdly optimistic, <laughs> uh, and there's definitely the vibe of and and feeling like we're going to get it back someday, or we're going to resolve the situation and get peace finally. But it's not something that is going to stay like this. Although, I have to say, I'm hearing more and more the rumor on the grapevine, the chatter is that uh, a lot of people are just growing, accepting it's going to be like this forever. And that may be the case. Okay, so, yeah. I, I just wanted to say, like, no no military in the world says, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, the, we're the invading army. We're the bad guys here, for <laughs> sure. Like, we own it. It's always, like, defense. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, true, The United true. States also goes, like, it's defense spending. Yeah, we don't right. call, we don't call right. it. <laughs> you're right. They, the way they, it's all spun and yeah, we're just defending this or yeah, we could, we're defending a of, freedom. A bit of <laughs> semantics. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, would you want to, if, if you had the choice, like, would you want to raise a family in Cyprus? Is that would be a cool place to do so? Regard, like, not regardless, but factoring in this whole thing, right? If you purely, if you take it purely in the sense and in the vacuum of raising a family and not considering all other factors when it comes to being and living at a place, then yes. I, I mean, think it's, what else is there to do? <laughs> well, well, if you have, if you have a, an ounce of, you know, if you care about your career, it's there are opportunities, but. I don't know. Maybe it's because I, I grew up there, and when you grow up in a place, I'm sure you feel the same. If you know, or people growing in Budapest see things that I don't see in Budapest. But 
at, like if you have an ounce of you know you care about your career there's opportunities but in very limited sectors and because it's a tiny place we're talking about like an island of 900,000 maximum 1 million people it's not a big country so if you don't know somebody like forget it like it's not a very meritocratic society let's say it like that so with that in mind if it's yeah i know i will i would say no when you take it in the grand scheme of things but if it's purely about the safety of raising a family um yes absolutely it's great great weather distances are short you don't have to commute a lot great food uh, chilled life you know everybody goes home at one in the summer or actually throughout the year you finish you go to eight to one at work one to four you have your lunch and your siesta and then you go back to work four to seven Sounds pretty good. I see you're impressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just <laughs> nodding here silently. It's like, I'd love to have a siesta at three o'clock. <laughs> but, um, so was it always the, I guess you got mandatory military service, but yeah. did, were you raised in this kind of context of like, well, this is a small place and you're going to leave someday? Or was it your, you, you know, if you finish your military service and you looked around and it's like, damn, this is a small place. I got to get out of here. How did Ooh, it look? Good question. Um, I think, bit of both i think both um my mom coming from hungary you know growing up in europe let's say in a much in a landlocked country <laughs> yeah true we could well uh, very even landlocked compared to an island it's i had, had a bit of a culture shock after around two years of living here even though i'm half hungarian i've come many times i've been we'll, walking we'll for three hours the and there's still no sea what the hell <laughs> yeah even, and it's still an island in so many ways there's so many similarities uh between hungary and cyprus to be honest um yeah that was a bit of a shock but to answer your question uh yeah a bit of both my mom always you know we, we always came here since i was like a newborn you know i was born i we came like a couple of months after i was born i've been coming here essentially every summer since i've been uh born so i always had this outlook that there's something bigger than cyprus and then yeah i think it's as you get old and you see the let's call them uh, issues and quotation marks then you just yeah plus i went to an english-speaking school so my academic life also was the trajectory was meant to go to Britain and, and, and study in the UK. So all, those, all roads were leading outside Cyprus for me. Oh, okay, so I guess that's even more of a, not only the, your own insight as a young man and like the family background radiation, but also the, you know, your academic oh, track yeah. was like- Everything. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's, it is, you know, I, um, yeah, my, my my parents sent me to uh, English-speaking nursery, primary, and secondary school. So I was being taught, <laughs> which I thought was most, thinking back at it, I think it's the most irrelevant thing. I was being taught ma mathematics in pence, you know, the UK pence. So it was like one pence plus one pence equals. Uh, and okay. I remember thinking, what is pence? Why are you saying pence when in Cyprus we had cents? That was before the euro. So really like in, in ingrained into the... Um, yeah, UK academic uh, life, and of course, meant there was only one uh, option, which is to go study in the UK ultimately, and that's what happened. So very mainstream and very, <laughs> very mainstream. But that means me. you were a mature student. So I guess you finished secondary yes. military. How long is the military service? Seven hundred and thirty days, two years. Wow. That's and it's not negotiable. It's not like, oh, no. oh well, uh, well, I have a uni no. and like I, I get some months off no, or something. No, it's not. Well, technically, it's not negotiable, but there's conditions. Like um, if your father isn't from Cyprus, but your mother is, you do six months. Uh, now it's changed. It's, now it used to be two years when I did it. My brother finished it recently. He did 14 months, so they reduced the uh, term. But there's, there's criteria. So 
which my mom wasn't very happy about. My Hungarian mom was like really fuming, even though my whole life was saying, when you go to the army, you're going to learn not to talk back and stuff like this. And and then uh, when I went to the army, she found out her nationality and with her, the, her, the it's very patriarchal. So they they just, she got really upset. She's like, leave, who cares about this thing? So it's quite funny. But yeah, so it's two years. And there's not much of, we keep talking about the Cypriot army, there's so many other topics we need to yeah. go into, but like, uh, there's no like draft dodging, like how is, it's, is it, it's, yes, it's, it's pretty, but is it normalized in the sense that, okay, people go to the army, whatever, you do it, and that's it, or, so is it more like a, let's say like an Israel type situation where it is like, very rare that someone declines? The, no, the, it's, the, it's the opposite. I mean, I don't know, I, I can only talk about when I was there, uh, I think the, it helped that they reduced the term to 14 months. But two years, honestly, there were a lot. There were a lot of people just draft dodging and honestly saying that they were crazy. I went to the army psychologist. I heard some crazy stories, like people saying, "If you send me back, I'm going to shoot everybody," and no psychologist are, is going to sign a paper of sure. responsibility. So, but um, yeah, at the time it was. Uh, that's listen ultimately to maybe even close the topic i don't regret it you know i learned a lot of responsibility when they hand you a rifle and bullets and they say you're forced to sign this paper and oh by the way this thing you just signed says if anything happens to these two things you're going to jail for a long time as in they as go in, missing or yeah or you know if the bullets get missing or the rifle goes missing or, or, or anything like you're going to jail for a 19 year old boy some may argue it's too much but it's a good at least Maybe I mean, it's I'm like normalizing the, it or finding the logic of not regretting it, but uh, it was a good lesson of responsibility, which maybe I lacked at 19. Mm -hmm. But yes, you're right. And ultimately, I'm moving to uni. I was a mature student and at how, 21. Yeah, but how was it? That not only the age, but you know, you go to the UK, which doesn't have conscription, hasn't had it for yeah. a long time, like generations, and then you know, you're you're uh, you're airdropped into a community of students who you know are maybe a bit younger than you and I guess at that age it matters but also they haven't done they're not fresh off you know two years of military yeah. service they have a very was there any kind of did, did you find it easy to like you know hit the round um, running in in that kind of like student environment or were you, were you yeah. still like you know getting I'm, acclimatized I'm radically transparent in my experiences so I have to say I probably was at least for the first few months worse than the younger younger 18 year old straight coming straight from home um I, because let me just say this: I remember when I got my, I, I was, I went to the University of Birmingham, and I, they sent me like an intro, uh, like a intro package. And I remember they sent me a specific letter because I was 21, which I'm considered officially as a mature student. They said, you know, you're a mature student, so we count on you to set an example for the younger things. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm just, I just finished the army after two years of, you know, like completely missed life you know didn't party i'm gonna be worse than like i'm definitely not the role model these 18 and 19 year olds are gonna be um lo look, uh, looking up to so i have to admit for the first few months i wasn't great but yeah after a while the in some things and and how i don't know yeah there were some things you know I, uh, that i was a little bit i'm i'm a bit over that phase guys like uh, for sure but you make do, you know, um, you figure out the common grounds. But yeah, there definitely was a couple of things. If it's it not too nasty, like, like was the... Sorry? If it's not too nasty, like, can you give an example where you felt like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm older than this. Like, was it like a... Well, so I can it, imagine like, like yeah. personal hygiene. <laughs> yes, 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 uh, yes, true. It was, it was, you know... I mean, when you're coming from a barrack where you're with like... Uh, I've ridden a huge barracks with 
hundreds of, of let's say young men and and then you got into an even smaller barracks of 12 a unit essentially even you even I know some maybe some listeners are shocked, but even young men at some point go, okay, this is getting a bit too crazy, a bit too dirty. So we maintained a good level of uh, hygiene and, and, and cleanliness. And yes, I think that's you, you hit the nail on the head. It's exactly like <laughs> really bad sometimes, you know, coming home from a night out and they're walking in with their shoes and, and it's just muddy, you know, Birmingham is very wet. So it's just like, and, and I'm like, and I'm sort of half cleaning up after them in the next day. And, and at some point I even sat down and said, guys, listen, uh, maybe I'm a bit too old for this stuff. So like, can we just like agree not to come in with wet shoes? And, yeah, like the old, ultimately, I think the university was right. They <laughs> with their letter that I was going to probably be a little bit of a role model. But yeah, true. In that point, 100 percent. What did you study? I studied international relations and Russian studies. Okay, so uh, the, already the languages that you possess at that time were clearly not enough, and you were like, you had to cram one more, one more oh, alphabet. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's the the Greek and the Cyrillic alphabet share a yeah. bit, but still. Yeah. No. Um, the decision was that I spoke four languages at the time I was applying, and then five seemed like a much better number <laughs> and better than five is six better than six is seven but um yeah it was actually between arabic and russian and uh very very shallow of me but i have to say that when i was thinking okay where do i because you have to spend a year abroad if you study any language in the uk so i thought hmm do i want to go to an arab country uh, coming already from let's say many like either I've, i come from a semi-desert cyprus right so do i want to go back into the heat or do i want to go to russia and Russia, and I went very stereotyped, so I apologize. Russia, vodka, party, women, Moscow. I mean, you were 21, 21 so, exactly. so, so I think this, yes. all people have at that age are shallow reasons for Thank everything. Thank you for bailing me out. It's, <laughs> it's okay. But yes, so ultimately I picked Russian, and, and that's where... Listen, I, I I loved politics and I loved current affairs and international relations was like 100% my first choice. And then the idea was planted. You need to get something a little bit more marketable, if that makes sense. And the language was added to it, um, which is, looking back, probably the best, issue, best decision um, I could have made, yeah. And then, uh, despite all this... Uh I, I found two pictures of you online, and in one of them, you're in this just pile of men wearing like American football armor. <laughs> um, Did you just Google my name? I have to ask. Uh, no, I tried because first I, uh, well, I got I got your phone number through yeah. you know mutual, but first I was like I, t I tried to do like the civilian way of like because people nowadays are like. You know, when you call them, sometimes they freak out because, I don't know, it's a bit intrusive or whatever. So I tried adding you on, on, on Facebook first, so that's where... Oh, I'm but sorry, I haven't yeah, accepted that request. <laughs> no, your, your Facebook profile looks very, like, normal for someone our age, where it's like, yeah, the last time they cared about it, you know, it's like, like a little garden. If, yeah, <laughs> if you want the <laughs> honest truth, I deleted Facebook because I lived in London for many years, long story short. I, I deleted it, and then I moved here five years ago, and I realized if you don't have Facebook here, you don't know what's going on. You, you don't like it's a Facebook very is still Facebook so centric country, yeah, yeah. 100% like all the events are on Facebook or you know and so I'm like oh, I have to come go back onto Facebook but I struggle still like I, I maybe log in once a week and I have like 150 notifications and so I, I apologize officially live to you look you're here now that's all, all that matters <laughs> you, you made it 
I managed to establish contact. Right, so, great. so how did the the American football? Like, I feel I feel like all of what we discussed so far is very like, you know, like old world. Look at this man. He's like, you know, served his country, polyglot, interested in other, you know, cultures in the region, and then all of a sudden you're there and you're like, America football, huh? This this guy is half a refrigerator, or even no, <laughs> a full size full size American refrigerator. Trying to stop offenses, I guess I don't know. Yeah, the, yeah. As our our trainer said uh, in Hungarian, "Shuru chavo." So <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that's a compliment or, or not, but I'll take it as a compliment. No, um, American football is uh, one of my best friends is from America. He's from Louisiana, and uh, he moved to Cyprus, and we grew up together. And I have to admit, I have a weird long-term fascination with the U.S. Um, which we maybe we can dig deep, deep, dig deeper into, but um, and yeah, movie like yeah, just a weird fascination with the U.S. and plus my my one of my best friends from Louisiana, and uh, when I applied to Birmingham, I found out it's one of the top sport universities in the U.K. and I sort of mentioned it to my friend. I knew there was also American football team, and then I didn't think twice. I was thinking about maybe doing something else, and then he says I saw poster uni said trials. Uh, let me go try the trials, and. Uh, I, I have to say, when I, the trials, I got so so much great feedback from coaches. Maybe they were trying to sell it to me. They, it definitely worked. So, yeah, they were coming up to me. It was like, oh, you're perfect for offensive linemen. You know, with those calves, you definitely have to be an offensive lineman, not a linebacker. Um, which I'll take again. I'll take any compliment I get. So, yeah, they, they charmed me into playing American football. It was like the top American football program in the U.K., so I always played sports from a very, very young age. Like I, I'm a bit of a sport, sport freak, uh, even though I'm as big as I look. Um, played many, many different sports. So I was like 100% in. And then somehow it happened. Yeah, loved it. Don't regret it. Um, half, a little bit destroyed my body, which, yeah, maybe looking back wasn't great. But not too, not too much. Uh, so th there's a silver lining, but yeah, it was a really good experience. Taught me, taught me a lot, actually. What's the what's the intensity level that we have to imagine here? So you go to tryouts, and then they say, okay, you know, you're the perfect, uh, you're the perfect human specimen for <laughs> the roles we're looking for. Uh, you know, you start next week, and and then what like. Uh, every few days every day for years or or how because when so you say program it was, it was training twice a week so tuesday thursday tuesday was video session where you review the training and the previous game and you analyze so that was after lessons in the evening and then thursday was like the physical training of course in between you used to go to the gym gym lads you know um my goodness looking back at this this is very uh laddie um culture but anyway uh and then you saturday or sunday you had a game and that was three t so essentially three times a week officially uh with the trainings and the game and then in between you went tr gym and so it's sort of a bit of like a everyday type of thing wow. i mean they, uh, it's great like i think it helps being the top program or at least a program that has won national championships before that so you sort of they drag you up and they bring that intensity up but um, yeah, it was pretty intense, and uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm actually for my size and playing a violent sport. I'm actually a pacifist quite a lot, uh, when it, mostly. And but it's there are some elements in American football which are you know. Um, I have to say this quote: um, 
there was a quote from I can't remember like some very very famous American football coach and he says there's no I don't 100% agree with it but I've done it and it he's he, I get his point so he says there's no greater feeling moving a man from point A to point B against his will <laughs> and I was like well, that's pretty sadistic and aggressive and uh, you're, when you're playing the sport and that happens a couple of times that adrenaline rush is uh, yeah, I guess like every dry rush, but like you feel invincible, and it's sort of true. And you never, because um, I, 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 I always uh, fascinated because I know there is a pretty big NFL culture in the UK as well. There are people like you know, stay up, and yeah, here it's even more bizarre. I think. I just driving here, I saw a guy wearing a New York Jets jersey with Pennington in the back on a bicycle. Yeah, but that's just like so random. And and I think because in the UK you can still you know like the anglophone culture. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's some kind of like transition of uh, let's say cultural goods, if you can right. call the NFL a cultural good. Um, but but I, I don't know. Like um, it never occurred to you like okay, this is the UK. Like why not just play rugby? Type of decision, or it was like your infatuation with American culture, and you were already destined to you know wear armor and you know pass uh which one is it like in rugby you can only pass yeah. backwards right i just think i don't i didn't know enough about rugby i think i just knew that little bit more about american football via my you know very good friend i think honestly sure, it's, sure. it's that and you know what let's go into the subconscious probably as well that fa f infatuation with the u.s culture and um yeah good question in depth after yeah. <laughs> think why. i guess that was not your position like you were not like a like a wide receiver, like a oh, tight no. end or anything, but you didn't like, touch down at the Super Bowl type of oh, dreams. No, I, I officially never touched, well, I did, I, a fumble. I picked up a fumble, um, but never officially got a pass, yeah. even though I tried for, to get it, become a tight end. But, for uh, those listening and have no idea, like um, as opposed to like, you know, European football, yes. American football has very, very strict like positions. Like yes. you get, you're like basically like even more so than a, piece on a chessboard you're exactly. very tightly controlled like where you can be and the teams that are this is i actually went to a tryout did you yeah like i was already in my 30s <laughs> i was the second oldest guy at the budapest cowbells it, okay. it wasn't a tryout it was like an open day sort yeah, of thing yeah, yeah. so it was much more like but there were like a few exercises like back paddling and like catching a ball and like and then i went to the first training and it took me so long to get there and the training was so exhausting. We did the the Lombardi yeah, like yeah. workout routine, and I was like, um, I just wanted to be a punter. I thought this is going to be much more a punter. Yeah, much, <laughs> much easier. The punter for those listening just is the guy who wears very light armor because they don't really <laughs> engage in play. It's when the ball is at the standstill, the set piece, and you put down the ball, and then you just kick the ball essentially yeah. like the, the egg ball you just you kick it as hard as you can and actually the, the, as far as i know the one of the most successful like hungarian uh people was a punter in the nfl was he yeah yeah what was his name Joat meshko i think and okay. he, he played for the patriots bef like before? right around right around their like rise to dominance okay type of deal so he's the reason the Patriots became so successful no I don't think so he inspired Tom Brady for mass success and maybe multiple Super so Bowls was this a whole American football thing before the the CET CTE CTE is that the See, what do you mean? The, the repeat brain injury scandal and like the you know when you oh, when you started yeah, playing no, 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 in the yeah, program yeah, okay yeah no it was um it was around the time when it was really no it was it was after but just 
as it had like spread throughout the sport in a way so yeah. so the will smith drama has not <laughs> not come out yet. <laughs> no no that was, that was uh, not, not yet but within the sport itself it was and we had very strict rules you know again for those listening this you know i'm sure a lot of people watch american football and go, what the hell is this stupid sport you know just angry men whacking each other and hitting into each other um it is more nuanced than that um but it's also true that it's angry men just sometimes hitting each other but it is more nuanced than that so for instance we were told not to like we're very 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 strictly told because we're a student program like we're not being paid we had some sponsors of course as a team but very very strictly told because we're a student program like we're not being paid we had some sponsors of course as a team but we're very very strictly like anybody try to tackle with their head down like they got a really serious talking to afterwards you know um but i've had i mean it's i've very a good friend of mine like got he was a wide receiver, so he essentially catching the ball in the air. He got grabbed, whacked to the ground, and he had such a bad concussion, he had to miss a year of uni. Like, pretty nasty stuff. So, yeah, it was very, very we were, even And even after that accident, like, it became even more serious. Like, that we, had, we got extra padding on our helmet during training. Um, yeah, but... I mean, it's the same issue. Rugby as well is going over through a scandal now of, of you know, brain injuries. They, they have too. even less. Like, they have even less padding. But it's different. Like, there's rules to tackling in rugby. In American football, technically, there are. But it's more of a collision sport versus a contact sport that rugby is. But they're both, they both have the issue of brain injuries. So, yeah. No, and also, my, I'm very... Actually, I was thinking about this not so long ago that in my position, because I'm not running at full speed or anything, I'm more like backstepping and just sort of pushing guys off me in a way um, or holding them off. I probably was very lucky because I was in a position where I got concussion, like uh, at least serious concussions, maybe minor ones. I'm sure I got one or two, but I never had a serious one ever because we it wasn't that full speed right it's very very close to each other you just sort of grab each other and that's it versus as i said my friend who's running full speed and he just gets hit hits his head on the ground yeah, that's very that's pretty tough yeah it's it's always the usually the like the guy the aaron hernandez guy right yeah the like tight his, end, yeah it's it's always the people who are supposed to be running at a really really like they, they are trained to like run like almost like olympic sprint yeah, yeah. Level. I mean, the the professionals. They are, you know, selected for being able to run as fast as like a human possibly can yeah. run. It's a shorter distance than the. It's explosive, exactly. But and they are the ones who then someone like twice their size gets in their way and just like puts a shoulder in them and they just, you know. Go for, yeah, it's. Um, it is. That's why it's, I think the best term I heard like when people compare rugby or American football, they say uh, rugby is a contact sport. American football is a collision sport, and I think that. Uh, that really encapsulates it quite well and uh, yeah clarifies it i just wonder because i never did any kind of this level of like varsity sports or anything like that um when you when you dedicate so much of your time it never occurred to you that this like you know that your uni program is going to end right like yeah. you know that i have i don't know four years for your honors and then maybe a yeah. master's or something and that's like a set amount of time but when you do something like this and there's achievements and you know that you're in you know okay maybe it's the UK and it's American football so it's not as it's not as if you were like in an American university and you were like you know playing for like what are the big Alabama is one of the big ones I know LSU or something like that yeah. right it's the, the stakes are a bit lower but still did you ever think that this could be more than that or you always knew that okay once uni ends this ends 
because it seems like you you know you were you know you dedicated a lot of it so yeah I, I but I think it's no I think it was clear for me that I mean there's always a hope dream that you get oh selected oh my god this wonder kid you know uh, but no I think it was very clear in my head that after I was gonna be done with it I just wanted it was more in the sense of camaraderie you know with the with the team um very very social as all university sports are in in, in the UK I guess in, in the US and other countries as well but um no I think it was very clear um that it was going to be done I just wanted to win a win a championship to be honest like that's it was that simple to me I d- sorry did you yes okay. yes I did uh um, very very proud of it actually it's it's uh, I mean in the grand scheme of things it's not a world you know changing achievement it's still you know it's not American football in the US it's the UK but I think it's more the personal level of effort discipline I uh, I played through injury you know it's just more what the sort of the mental challenges if you want to call them the obstacles you you go through to get there and and it was personal i lost a close family member so i i put all my energy to winning it for that person and end up winning in a dramatic way so i think looking back at it uh, it's, it was great like it's uh it sounds like a pretty cathartic experience yes right there's a, still a video of it i think on youtube and i just like the moment the final whistle goes i just I just lie down on the field and like I just lose it, you know. But it's it's very it's a great word, cathartic. It was a hundred percent cathartic. I guess the the I was going to say tragedy, but <clears throat> the sad thing is that um, it could be pretty easy for most people to design a situation where they can experience this type of catharsis. And of course, when you put the objective metrics next to it saying like okay this is the uk university american football championship those yeah. are like things that you yeah. know exist in a cultural space but you know like beating a big brother in ping pong oh yeah type of deal and of course like the more time it takes and the then and the further out the flag is in the distance and you know you need to get to it and of course if i breed someone i know in ping pong and i haven't beaten them in years and then suddenly it yeah. happens but i feel like that's that's an outlet that it's, um, I guess, uh, afforded to so few to experience this type of like release of, I worked so hard and now it's finally here. And I, I don't know how was the day after, did you feel any kind of emptiness or were you just like, no, it's done. I, I can rest easy now. Or I think it's with any hard earned sense of achievement. I think that the next day, I'm trying to remember, that's a good question. How was it? I just felt like, uh, so cliche but it really is like I think I had a lot brooding up bringing up inside of me for months and, and I think the next step I just like I was so light and I'm a big guy so light isn't really <laughs> the word I associate with myself so light I think I was light I, I remember that feeling of lightness but you're right I mean I, I wrote <laughs> again I'm quite competitive so I played chess, chess.com I played chess on, on chess.com with uh, some friends and there's one specific person I just cannot beat I, no matter what I do I cannot beat now I'm taking a bit of a sabbatical to just re- refuel my energy and then I'm going to yeah, go I for c- it again I've never beat him once but I, I made a promise to myself I'm just going to keep playing him on chess.com until I beat him and, wh- and the moment I beat him I'm going to stop and say that's my little championship but, but I think yeah you're right beating your big brother ping pong just but that's that's what it's every every human being every person goes through these it's challenges i fail 
every day, but uh, in many things. But I think when you put it all together and it comes together and you have the mentality um, to do it. And that year, I probably was in my strongest, one of my strongest mental states, like of, of overcoming something. And and at, when you do it, yeah, you're right. It's it's like a waterfall of relief just coming down. I uh, yeah, we can't show it, but I, that YouTube video I think just says it all. I just sort of like I'll put it in the show notes <laughs> if, if if you agree, if you consent. Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll find the link. But yeah, just everybody's celebrating, running around, and I'm just like crying bawling my eyes out on, on the pitch completely you know and uh, yeah it's uh, you're gonna get me emotional on the radio man it's uh, no it's, it's really good that's it's, the point. it's a really great feeling <laughs> yeah I guess um, and then uh, you said that you had to spend a year abroad yes so so I guess you went to you went to Russia to yes I did to Moscow for one year uh, there was a choice of uh, multiple cities and a lot of people picked St. Petersburg because they said oh it's a bit more European and I'm like I don't I'm not studying Russian or going to Russia to be closer to Europe I'm doing it to really and I, Moscow is not Russia for any Russian potential or anybody who knows about Moscow is definitely not Russia but coming from the European point of view it's I guess it's the same with any like over a certain size yeah, some yeah, cities yeah. just sort of like start to like become their own little yes like okay. amoeba entity within yeah. the within the country like you know, people said that New York is not the US London isn't really exactly. the UK I mean Budapest you could argue you know true I mean yeah no it's it, but I, I still think I still think maybe now it's a bit different after I've been there I was there 10 years ago now well 10 years ago and I'm old but um, St. Petersburg I remember I'd gone before that year abroad and I'm like everybody spoke English in St. Petersburg. It was a, it was very difficult to even practice your Russian in St. Petersburg, while in Moscow, not that many people were willing to even <laughs> speak it. I thought I thought the sentence was that well, in Moscow people don't talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> also true-ish, but yes, no, yeah, it, not so much. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. So um, I had that previous experience in St. Petersburg was like okay, a lot of people also want to learn English, and so they. Yeah, since I was ordering in Russian, they were answering me in English. I was like, okay, I'm not going to learn a language like that. So I decided to go to Moscow, dedicate fully one year. And was it just studying or... Um or partying? Or <laughs> I don't get... <laughs> no, it was a studying. It was meant to... You, you go there for a year abroad to fully immerse yourself into the language. And yes, we had a... You went to university, studied the, the language. Um, but it was pure language course. Um, no international relations, so it's a, it's a ba- it was a batch. So without the Russian studies, it's a bachelor's degree, and then you just get the one year added on year. Oh, so this was a, you've done all your years in Birmingham, and then the plus one yeah, at so the you, end. You, it's a three-year bachelor's, and you do two in Birmingham. You go one year abroad in Russia, and you come back after finish your third year in Birmingham, where you write your th- thesis and so on. Okay. So the expectation was that. So I'm just trying to imagine the setup where. You're there, yeah, in Moscow, but yeah. you're still like responsible in the sense to your Birmingham course. It's not like you're embedded in like another university in there. You are, you are. This part, the University of Birmingham and the institute we were at was were partner institutes, so they sort of loan you for a year, you know, to the institute in Moscow, learn the language, and then come back and, and finish your degree. Um, 
because I, I and I, I really like that. I think um, I think every language course is structured like that. That you have to go out to the to the country because it really is, or at least a country that speaks that language, because it really is the only way to learn if you practice it. Um, you have to immerse yourself. So, but yeah, essentially you're loaned out for a year. Okay, so you finish your course. Yes, and then you have, you know, the world's your oyster, and yet here we are talking in in Budapest and we haven't even brought up the whole you know the raison d'etre of you being here is like the whole normalish concept <laughs> um, if you care to elaborate sure so so the question to clarify is a, is a question how I ended up here and the inspiration for it or I mean I guess everyone has their reasons for I mean did you always think that uh, because of you know your mom you might end up Mm-hmm. living here one day or, or, or because you know your life trajectory up until a certain point screams like okay, this is a cosmopolitan person yeah. they'll you know well yeah I mean live, you, after you live you somewhere go, and your yeah. infatuation with the US did you end up actually you know getting to like like even like skirt the odds of living there or was that ever no I you won't believe it I planned three times to go to the US and I, every time something hit one more time was COVID and I'm finally going this August it's going to be a, a probably that same cathartic experience okay. stuff, my, stuff myself with corn dogs and every American nastiness that's possible but no to go back to the point yeah um, yeah it was always I think when my wife and I we always said like it was going to be one of the places we grew up either Cyprus Russia or or Budapest very happy we picked Budapest like honestly wasn't easy leaving London because after Birmingham I went down to London to work for a few years and um, yeah it was an easy decision but honestly one of the best decisions we can make it's very I don't know I I think a person in their lifetime when they look back of course there's decisions they go great but some would go these were my goodness amazing decisions so happy moving to Budapest was at that point in time, looking back, how it helped us grow and the family and everything else, and how we feel still, like I think it was poof, such a good decision. I think I would have been depressed in London if I had stayed there till now, to be honest, personally speaking. But that's just me. As in trying to raise a family there, or just like personally, yeah, like career-wise, yeah. I mean, Budapest stuff? was always my favorite city. You know, my wife had liked it. Our family here. It's closer to my family in Cyprus. It's closer to our family in in, in Russia. Um, yeah, just all, all essentially all the advantages and reasons why we're convinced us to move here have paid off, and that's very nearly all of them. To be honest, nearly, nearly all of them, over eighty percent, ninety percent, which is still a great. I'll take that percentage any day. But uh, all the things we thought would happen and motivated us to move here have happened. Um, so very lucky and and very grateful for that. So, but yeah, still, on the, I think we mentioned it earlier. Like, I'm st- I, even though I'm half Hungarian. I came here every summer. I still I still get a bit of culture shock even now after five years living here. What's the, what's the most recent? Tell me. The most recent one. Where you were like, I cannot like. What is? Who? <laughs> the most recent one. Honestly, <laughs> I still. I still don't get Hungarian grandmas and old ladies, man. I, I, I it's so funny. Like they, I go to the, I live near a market, so we go, so we go, and I mean, I get shoved. 
I get like I get pushed. They cut in line. They don't answer the. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I mean, you're on their turf. I mean, I think I'm on their turf. I really think. But I, I'm like, you know, I'm very aware of my size because, like, if I just push it to somebody, like, they can fall over, especially an, an older person. So I'm very, very like aware of my size in these crowded markets. And but they're the opposite. They're like just pushing and they they run my feet over and I'm like trying oh, with, their, uh, with their with their tank yeah exactly yeah. and and then and, and uh, <laughs> I was like how is how is this like I, I could imagine this like 20 years ago but they're still like this you know and then, I mean it's times past but no the first like, the last one is not as great as the first one the first one was uh, this normalish where yeah, this phrase where I heard it uh, somebody telling it to me and I'm like normalish which for those maybe listening and correct me if I'm translating it wrong it means like are, it's the same as are you crazy uh, that's how in I, a roundabout way in a yeah. roundabout way but, we, but it directly transliterates to are you normal which is the most ridiculous thing <laughs> I've ever heard are you normal no are you like, are you normal no like so I, I mean, in fact that was the first one I was like that what what does that say about Hungarian culture I think that's brilliant or or another one interesting maybe you've thought about this and an American uh, answered my hypothesis but actually um, the date why do we start with a year here it's a thing that changes once every 365 days why do you put it at the beginning of everything have you thought about that the, I don't know I mean, no, but uh, maybe because it's what people put on buildings all the time. So I guess it's the the most important one, right? But it's because of buildings? No, no. It's just like if you had to say like, you know, it's the most significant out of all the other things. Like, Interesting. The most significant. So... But it, that's an, it's a terrible, uh, a terribly weak <laughs> <laughs> answer. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I, I always found it funny. Or... Um, yeah, so that was another one. I was like, so what's the, the what's, what's the American hypothesis for this problem? Well, why why is the why is the date for why is the year first? Look, I had a I had a somebody who knows Hungary quite well, and I think the hypothesis complete. I mean, correlation does not equal causation type of stuff, and completely and also very weak. But I mean, Hungary as a nation is very old, right? It's over thousand years so i think and also as a cultural island right so and you're it's sort of linked to what you're saying but it's 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 very looking to the past for inspiration which is similar to russia mm. so the years have you know as, as a really old nation of europe oh, look at all these years man. look at all these years we've <laughs> accumulated exactly I, I i think it's a little i think it comes from something uh, from it has to stem from it to be fair i have no idea how the neighbors like i don't know if like um you know, no, they, in, they, in Serbia day, or Slovakia, or Croatia, no, it's, it's day, month, year. Okay, I, I work with these other. Uh, I work for people like this. Like, I just day, month, year, and the, hmm. it's very reasonable. Or that we use. Do- yeah, it's, it's these little things. I think are always uh, interesting. Um, official documents are like honestly Lord of the Rings, El- El- Elven novels. Like, I mean, I get some official documents or letters, and I don't understand a word it says. And I pass it on to oh, someone. Oh yeah, I don't think they don't understand. No, what it no, says. no, no. Yeah, that's uh, that's usually the problem. But <laughs> no, I think it's because it's um, it's 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 protocol, right? Like there is a law that most your the letters that you get from any governmental body will be. Th- we have made this decision yeah. based on this paragraph of this law, right? Yeah, and they will be like. 
there is a procedure that they need to adhere to and they need to inform you of the procedure so we cannot they, they cannot just say like yeah, yeah oh, true no, you've no, no, been no, no. granted money here's how much money you it's have it's not the content that I'm it's not the content I'm talking about it's more the formatting I mean we're talking about paragraphs half a page is long versus you know in the UK and, 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 and so on like it's bullet points you know it's like duh, duh, duh. here it's like once upon a time there was a law that <laughs> stated this yeah and, and you're like okay so what's, what do I need to do who do I need to pay how much money by when that's really what I need you to tell me, tell me. they started you know they, they put Did it they? in like, like, like it's bold and it, in the middle like the they deadline <laughs> the deadline and the money because I think they're also getting feedback like no one understands what you're trying yeah, to say but in the UK true. actually it's interesting because they spent a lot of resources yes a few I think like 10 years ago they started like completely redesigning how the government communicates, starting from like the letters, yeah. the website. I even would go, somebody told me there's even a law that says official communication in the UK, and I think also in a, some of the Baltic countries is one of the countries as well, like pass a law that says official communication has to be under, be able to be understood by somebody who finished like at least secondary education. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, they can't use big complicated words you know and and or tech you know very counting words and terminologies which i really think is is i don't know i just don't understand i'm hoping it will happen at some point which a lot of people tell me it won't um but it, that's for instance another one i can i can throw you another weird one all right hungarians have like i <laughs> my wife noticed this actually and i'm like like is that true uh, hungarians always have like napkins on them like uh, she's every time she sneezes, like she said, she that's why I don't have a napkin on me ever because that's true. I can I can rely on at least you know every second person that's having so, weird. so I can be why? the odd one out. Allergies? Because just an allergic. I think I think we don't have a good handle on like all the things flying in the air. <laughs> so there's always someone with hay fever or right. uh, or you know. No, no one really cries publicly. I don't think it's that type. Of, like it's not an emotional napkin. No, it's no, more it's of like a. Not. Hey, that's what we're thinking. Like, it's, uh, so essentially, these these are the little like intricacies and nuances that I love. Like, noticing. I have another paper based one because we mentioned like two that are paper based already. The third one is the the culture of the the Zetli culture. There yeah. was even I don't know if it's still active, but there was a really good Facebook group like Pesti Zetli where you go anywhere. Um, you know, <laughs> clinic, governmental office, private business, yeah. sports, whatever. And of course, when you build something or you renovate a place, you put up a sign that's like kind of neatly printed and right. you can see that there was a background and a font and an arrow pointing somewhere. Yes, yes. And as like the layers of Troy, like <laughs> new and new papers appear with different, sometimes like contradictory messaging saying like, you know, the doorbell is broken go through the other side yeah, and then yeah. you get to the other side and then there's another piece of paper and there's someone crosses out the original piece of paper <laughs> and then writes something else on it and you don't you know you That's try true. and dig down and i've and i don't know i've i i visit other countries in the region quite often for whatever reason like personal or like tourism and this seems to be very something where you don't just tear off the old one. You just say like, okay, for you turn it the other way. Around. It's like a it's like a code repository. You can see the commit history where like you know you just, the stuff stuff just gets put in, and you can see what the previous person thought it's about a dialogue. the situation. It's a dialogue on paper, right? Yeah. That's true, actually. Uh, my the apartment block I live in, they do that. Like 
anyway there's a c- issue that complain and then somebody answers underneath oh yeah that w- that's that's more of like the you know the public message board yeah uh, type of thing yeah that's okay that's an interesting one i have uh but yeah i i, I love it uh, but i think it's not it's because i live here and I'm, I'm half hungarian as well i mean i come from like cyprus is very meat oriented cuisine but here oh my god like I think it's getting it's better. Meat on meat. It is getting better. No, it's getting better from a like gastronomic level, like restaurants. But you know, my family, okay, more elderly. I mean, I chicken not wrapped in bacon, chicken wrapped in bacon, and wrapped in turkey. You know, and like, why do you need three meats? It's just, and he, he hasn't still been. It's like because it's, it's better. And I'm like, but how do you taste the different types of meats? Like, just split them up. So this wrapping every everything and is is uh, I think another interesting thing in the cuisine. I love the cuisine. Don't get me wrong. I'll kill for a rakot krumpli any day, but, um, but yeah, the meat on meat wrapped in meat wrapped in meat is. Uh, I think it's just the abundance of something that used to not be abundant. Yeah. Type of thing. It's like, you know, if something like that, like the, you know, people don't have the what's it called, the turducken. You okay. Know, the, the, the turkey filled with the duck, with the rabbit. Like you have meat, meat, meat. All the way down, it's like if you you fill the ah. birds into each other, right? Yeah, and that would be like the kings, kings w- would eat that, and then yeah. we kind of subdue that into cordon bleu, <laughs> which is you know like a piece of yeah. breaded meat and it has cheese and another meat inside of it, and you know you're supposed to, I guess, you know traditionally it would be something that you would have on a Sunday, right? But now Once every time you go to lunch at work, you can have it now exactly. because you know there was a generation who couldn't have it, and then when it became available it was just like yeah. dumped on the next generation saying like this is how you this is how you exist because you can like yeah, yeah. all right i think we have uh, very very little time left so you can uh, and we only got like we, we got to like this uh i, f- I, f- I feel like uh, we had like um <laughs> scratch the surface yeah yeah we had like uh so tell me about your history <laughs> like <laughs> Um, I don't have a job to offer you at the end of this. I'm sorry. It's fine. Don't worry. What I can tell our listeners about is the 1% tax again, because, um, you know, it's good to remind them that uh, uh, if you don't give your one per- the 1% of the tax you would pay, um, you're going to pay your tax anyway, we hope, you know, stay you know above board. <laughs> but there's 1% of it that you can give to Tilosh, uh, and uh, if you don't, then... You know, it will go back to the government and they'll do whatever they please with it, which might be good, might not be, who knows. So be sure to, until May the 22nd, give your uh, 1 plus 1%, the other 1% you can give to um, religious organization. So if you're paying tax in Hungary, don't forget, SEA, it's as until May 22nd. Abel, any 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 shout-outs? Any, uh, Whew, so many. No, um, no, thank you, man. I think it was great. Uh, uh, I hope it's <laughs> what you imagined to be. I I listened to some. I, listened. I never have an idea before we go on air. So no, that's fine. but uh, I I hope it. Uh, yeah, I mean we covered the history of ABBA. I don't know, but more. Yeah, I just hope it, everybody enjoyed it. Uh, and yes, definitely do something with your one percent tax. And if you can't give it to Tilos, don't like control your own taxes and. Yeah, give it to Dilosh. I'll sh- give a shout out to that. Okay, I also have a cultural recommendation. There's uh, um, the secret mapping experiment is on at Memento Park. So all the big um, socialist sculptures that used to be by Neve Stadion, they're now out in Memento Park, and there's like 3D 
mapping projections on those statues. So if you want to see something cool uh, after sunset today and tomorrow, then you know check it out at Memento Park and you know um, and. Otherwise, uh, this has been another successful episode of the show formerly known as Expat. And uh, yeah, I'll see you again in two weeks' time. Until then, take care and bye-bye. Hey. Liberator, death operator, rock the data, amazing flavor, yo, the way I feel, sometimes it's too hard to sit still, things are so passionate, times are so real, sometimes I try to chill, mellow down, blow a smoke, a smile on my face, but it's really no joke, you feel it in the street, the people breathe without hope, they're going through the motion, they're dimming down the focus, the focus get cleared, and the light turns sharp, and the eyes grow teary, the mind grow weary, I speak it so clearly, sometimes y'all don't hear me, I push it past the base, no nations got to feel me, I feel it in my bones, black, I'm so wide awake, that I'm hardly ever asleep, my flow forever deep, and it's volumes of scriptures when I breathe on a beat, my presence speak volumes before I say a word, I'm everywhere, penthouse, Pavement to curb, cradle to the grave, so cathedral of a shell, universal ghetto life, holla black, you know it well. Quiet storm, vital form, pen push the bright across, mind is a vital force, high level right across, soul is the lion's roar, voice is the siren. I swing round, ring out, and bring down the tyrant. Shot a small axe and knock a giant lopsided. The world is so dangerous, there's no need for frightening. Something's trying to hide like the struggle won't find him. Then the sun busts through the cloud to clearly remind him this everywhere. Penthouse, pavement to curb, cradle. To the grade, talk of each of a shell, universal ghetto life, holla black, you know it well, what it is. You know, they know what it is. We know, y'all know what it is. Ecstatic, there it is. Huh, what it is. You know, we know what it is. They know, y'all know what it is. You know, here it is. What it is. You know, we know what it is. They know. Y'all know what it is, you'll know it is. Sit and come relax, riddle of the Mac, it's the patch I'm a soldier in the middle of Iraq uh-huh. What we'll say about noonish, coming out the whip and Looking at me curious, a young Iraqi kid Carrying laundry, what's wrong G, hungry? No, give me my oil, get go